For those of us who live in New York, we've been knowing that Michael Bloomberg, who changed his name a few months ago to Mike Bloomberg, he was Michael Bloomberg the entire time he was mayor in New York. And voters and everyday people here in New York have been knowing how disturbing and how problematic of a person he truly is. And I think we thought that once he was out of office as mayor, that we would never really see him in public life again. His policies and practices were deeply racist in New York. Today, I'm going to unpack and explain what I mean. And I'm going to play you two very disturbing clips that are relatively new for him, where he basically reveals the extent of his racism and bigotry that caused so much harm in New York. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. Michael Bloomberg is basically trying to buy his way into the White House. He has already spent nearly half a billion dollars on ads all over the country, which is more than any campaign a Democrat or Republican has ever spent in their entire election for Democrat, for Republican nomination for the presidency. He is spending hundreds of millions of dollars on advertisements in great part because he needs people to believe something about him that's not true. He needs people to believe that he is a man of unity, that he is a man that brings people together, that he he absolutely needs you to believe that he's not racist. And so he is doing the best he can to feature black folk and other people of color in all of his ads. But he can't do that from New York. And those ads would, would never fly, would never resonate, would never make sense here because his policies and practices in New York were so racist. And not just racist like in, in word only. I mean, words cause harm. But his policies were deeply racist in their practice and caused so much harm. As you may know, He oversaw and greatly expanded the policy called stop and frisk, which allowed the NYPD and not allowed, encouraged the NYPD to stop anybody they wanted to search them often, often violently throwing them against a wall or on the sidewalk against a car and search them for no reason. And millions and millions of people almost exclusively black and brown, were searched, were were humiliated, and discriminated against. And this could literally, you could be on Wall Street, or you could be in the hood. It didn't matter. You could be in an everyday black neighborhood. Wherever you were, you were subject to being searched. And the policy remained for most of his time as mayor. And people marched and demonstrated and protested against it regularly. And now that he is running for office, the nation is going to have to understand not just the damage that it caused, where millions of people were humiliated and searched for no reason other than the color of their skin or their zip code. Millions. And now, as he runs for president, some of the horrible statements that he made defending or attempting to defend this 
are coming to light. I have two clips that I have to play for you. The first one is where he's speaking at the snooty uh, Aspen Institute. And this was actually a very notorious moment. It was just five years ago in 2015. And he's speaking at the Aspen Institute and he demanded. And, and I guess that's what billionaires do. He demanded that nobody be able to film it, not with their phones, not with the, the cameras from the Aspen Institute, because he wanted to explain how uh, his stop and frisk policy worked and what it was really about. I genuinely think it's the most racist two minutes you could ever hear. It's deeply problematic. I need you to hear it. I need you to share it. I'm so disturbed that this man is trying to buy his way into the White House. Listen to this clip. 95% of your murders and murderers and murder victims fit one MO. You can just take the description of Xerox and pass it out to all the cops. They are male minorities, 15 to 25. That's true in New York, it's true in virtually every city. And that's where the real crime is. You've got to get the guns out of the hands of the people that get killed. So you've got to, if you want to spend the money for a lot of cops in the street, put those cops where the crime is, which means in minority neighborhoods. So this is one of the unintended consequences is people say, oh my God, you are arresting kids for marijuana. They're all minorities. Yes. That's true. Why? Because we put all the cops in the minority neighborhoods. Yes, that's true. Why do we do it? Because that's where all the crime is. And the way you get the guns out of the kids' hands is uh, to throw them against the wall and, and frisk them. And then they start, they say, oh, I don't want that. I don't want to get caught. So they don't bring the gun. They still have a gun, but they leave it at home. I'm, I'm so angry and so disturbed. Like, I knew this is how he felt. But to actually hear him say the words explaining his horrible stop and frisk policy is so is so infuriating. And he knew full well why he needed all the cameras turned off, because what he said was deeply bigoted and racist. And those two minutes that you just heard really breaks down and explains in a nutshell just how problematic the stop and frisk policy was it targeted almost exclusively black and brown communities and not, but not just black and brown communities. It targeted black and brown people wherever they were. Like it didn't matter where you were, if you were getting off the subway, if you were going to work. And so, I mean, there are, there are people who've come forward to say I was literally stopped and frisked a hundred times over. I mean, I mean that literally over and over and over year after year, month after month, week after week. And and it wasn't not only if you were black or Latino, but if if you were brown in hue, no matter where you were from, you would be targeted and searched. And over and over again, people would be jailed for nothing, jailed sometimes for days, weeks or months, only for them to drop the charges. And New York ended up having to pay. Listen to me billions of dollars in settlements for all of the people they wrongly searched. And eventually, the policy, after Bloomberg defended it year after year after year, the policy was deemed illegal and unconstitutional and was ceased by the city. It was basically a Jim Crow policy in modern times in the name of good, but it wasn't good at all. 
I need you to understand who you're listening to. This next clip is a, a radio interview that Bloomberg did, and I need you to hear it, where he says, you know what? I think it was actually white people who were stopped too much. Listen to this clip. They just keep saying, oh, it's a disproportionate percentage of a particular ethnic group. That may be, but it's not a disproportionate percentage of those who witnesses and victims describe as committing the murder. In that case, incidentally, I think we disproportionately stop whites too much and minorities too little. Listen, my people, and I, I need you to not just hear this for yourself. I need you to share it. Don't believe these ads. Tr truthfully, I don't want you to believe the ads for anybody running for office. I need you to investigate the stuff yourself. Ads are like brochures, okay? That's where they can tell you anything they want. Political ads don't even have to be true. Often they are deeply untrue. And Michael Bloomberg is counting on people hearing his ads, seeing them on social media, on the Internet, seeing them on television, and believing him. I need you to take it from somebody who lives in New York, who is friends with people who lived through stop and frisk, who lived through his racist defense of it over and over and over again. And I need you to understand that he did it so flippantly where every day he knew he would never be searched, where he knew his family or friends or white colleagues would never be subjected to the type of humiliation and discrimination that African-Americans and Latinos and others would ever be faced with. I need you to understand that he did it with a level of coldness and, 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 and blatant uh, disregard for the humanity of millions of people who were experiencing this bigotry every single day. Families were, didn't even want their kids to leave the house without them because they knew that they might be stopped by the NYPD, that they might be framed by the NYPD, that they might be brutally beaten or even killed by the NYPD. The man, the man oversaw the policy with a level of coldness that disturbs me and now pretends as if it never happened, as if it was all a dream, but it was a nightmare for millions of New Yorkers who experienced it. Listen, please wise up. Don't fall for the ads. Don't believe that this man is who he says he is. He was a deeply disturbing mayor. New Yorkers were glad to be rid of him. I need you to understand that Michael Bloomberg was a Republican for most of his life, that literally in 2018, 2018, he gave millions of dollars to Republicans in their Senate races to help Republicans keep their majority in the Senate. Do you hear what I'm saying? This man is fundamentally a fraud, a phony. Like, you need to understand that this man is not our friend. A lot of the reason we're in the place we're in is because of people like Michael Bloomberg. You need to understand that, that this man was friends of Donald Trump for generations. I've shared across social media all the times that they were hanging together as buddies. Don't believe him. And don't believe that we need a billionaire to defeat Donald Trump. We don't need that. You need somebody who is the antithesis of Trump, not somebody who is like him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't fall for it. Listen, I've got to run. I'm counting on you to push back against this man, against his policies, push back against who he really is. Do you hear me?
don't believe the hype. I've got to run. Love you. Appreciate you. Of course, shout out to our senior producer for this podcast, Willis, to our podcasting director, Lissandra, and for our entire team for their hard work on this and every episode. Take care, everybody. Break it down. Break, 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 break.